Welcome to the Meet Musings Podcast, the show where we talk about different issues and disabilities that affect people emotionally, psychologically, physically and mentally. We discuss health and well-being generally. We are amplifying the voices of people living with disabilities and limitations and breaking the stigmas. Our podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Amazon Podcast, Tune in in Alexa, Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. We are also available on Listen Note, Radio Public and iHeartRadio. Just search Meet Musings Podcast on any social media platform. Welcome! Welcome to another episode of the Meet Musings Podcast. Today, my guest is Jane. She's calling in all the way from Poland. So, welcome to the Meet Musings Podcast. Thank you. So Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So today she'll be sharing a story about miscarriage and failed IVF. Okay. <laughs> Before we delve into the real issues, can you just tell us a bit about you, your background, where you live? Just take it away. Sure. So I am from America. I'm from originally from New York, from the Bronx. And I grew up in the Bronx. I've lived in a few different places in America, but that's where I grew up. Basically, I I met a guy from Poland. He visited America and we had a really nice connection. So we wound up getting married right very soon after we got married. We got married in August and it was October that I got pregnant. I was like, oh, wow, that was quick. (laughs) You know, we were kind of kind of in shock. We had tried. We didn't even try. It was just one time uh, without protection. And that was it. We were, you know, oh, we're pregnant. Yippee. And, you know, and then we went to the, I went to my first sonogram and they said, well, you know, it doesn't look great, but they didn't say like, oh, for sure, this isn't working. We said, we need to come back. But, you know, the idea of miscarriage didn't even enter my mind. Like it was so, I didn't even know that it was, um, I mean, it's, it's, I think only about, I have to check, don't quote me on this, but it's really uncommon to have like, like. I wound up having recurrent miscarriages and only about, let's say 1% of women have like, like I had like seven miscarriages. So it's very uncommon. Even to have a miscarriage is not super common. Um, So I didn't even think about it. So I was definitely not expecting this. Um, Of course, it was upsetting. And so yeah, so then it was early miscarriage. I was only at, let's say about seven weeks for the first time. There was no heartbeat scene, you know, had that. It's considered, and it's called a missed miscarriage in the sense that it takes a while to like actually leave the body. Like it wasn't um, Mm -hmm. like right away. It wasn't like I started bleeding or something. It was like they saw that there was no growth. And then it took me another month or so before it actually, I started to bleed. And then really they said you should wait a couple of months, you know, to let your body heal, give yourself a rest. So waited two months, tried again, got pregnant. It was like, pretty immediate. And then I was, of course, very nervous, but they told me you will not, this is not going to happen again. Like, or it's very, would be very strange or uncommon to have two in a row. So I really was like, okay, all right. The bad one was, let's say bad luck. Uh, This one should be fine. But of course I was a little nervous. And then I went for the scan, the sonogram again. Uh, for the second time. And they said, okay, it's, it's not looking great again. Uh, yeah, lost that one. And again, it took me about a month before 
that one was over. It's very painful. Like people, I don't think realize for me anyway, maybe not for everyone, but for me. So it was like, um, it was like a really painful period is how my miscarriages were. Like I was on the floor, like holding myself like in pain. It was very uncomfortable. Uh, Painful is, is really a better word. So then waited another month, let myself heal. I think I, I don't know how many months it was later, maybe one or two. And I got pregnant again very quickly. So of course, the third time I'm starting to feel like very anxious. When it came time to go to the sonogram, I was just going to a regular OB, obstetrical doctor in a normal office. And uh, I was saying like, okay, this is very, you know, I'm really worried about this when they're like, come on, you know, they're basically saying to have three in a row is super, super uncommon. But still, of course, I was getting very anxious. So I went there, they found a heartbeat and they said, okay, okay, listen, you found there's a heartbeat. This, the other two didn't have a heartbeat. This is this one. There's a heartbeat should be fine. This looking really good. So I started to feel, I was still really worried. I thought, okay, there's a heartbeat. Doesn't, it's not, I'm not out of the woods. Like it still could go wrong, but I was feeling a little hopeful. People were really trying to convince me that it would be fine. The doctors, uh, my husband at the time, you know, was like, come on, Jen, bad luck for the first two. This has got to be okay. We heard a heartbeat (laughs) finally. So we go for the second scan and there was a heartbeat, but the problem with this place was that they didn't have a a heart rate monitor. So like they could see the heart rate blipping on the sonogram, but we couldn't hear it. And I wanted to know how many beats per minute because I was so scared. And I was like, listen, I just need to know that this heart is beating at the rate that it should. So they actually wound up, I kind of forced them to kind of look at their watches. And I said, count, count the bips, the little blips on the screen and look at your watch. And, and they were doing it. And I remember it was only like something like 80 beats per minute, which is really just, it's kind of, it's too slow. And I was like, okay. And they were like, okay, but we're counting. Maybe we made a mistake. And I'm like, oh my God, please. It's too slow. And I was really scared. And of course my husband was like, Jen, come on, it's okay. You know, let's, let's, you have a heartbeat. Let's not get too crazy. You know, you're looking up Google too much. You're getting, you're getting yourself crazy. Uh So then I went for the third scan and there was no heartbeat anymore. So that was really devastating because I had let myself start to feel like, okay, this is it. Finally, the third time's a charm. Everyone was really telling me, you need to calm down. You're, you're too negative now. You're too, but no, I lost that one. So I was starting to get a bit like, what is wrong here? <laughs> you know, this is too much. This is, this is, un, you know, this is not normal. So I started to do a lot of research and I found out that there's actually, there's a Dr. Beer and he wrote this book, Is Your Body Baby Friendly? And in that book, he is describing how some women's bodies actually attack the fetus and it's called um, like a cytokine storm. So there's like these natural killer cells. It sounds like something from a science fiction movie. I know. Your body, your body fights. Yeah. It's <laughs> it your body is actually going against the baby. It's actually your immune system is fighting back. Many different reasons why this happens for different women. And in my case, it was the fact that so okay, let me let me say this. So I wound up finding a doctor that's a reproductive immunologist in New York. And it just so happens there are only like a handful of these kind of doctors 
in the world, really, well, maybe not a handful. There's, there, there are a number of them, maybe, I don't know how many, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. And only a handful in America. There were like three or four like known ones that people were like, okay, these are known reproductive immunologists. And guess what? This one just happened to live, uh, I'm it sorry, his was? office. He would, no, no, no. I was in America. I had my babies in America. Okay. This, all right. this doctor, yeah, yeah, I had them. I've only lived here for five years. My kids are, um, so I lived here for five and a half years. My kids are six and eight. So they were born right. in America. Okay. So this doctor just so happened to, his office was three miles from my home. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was really fortunate. So I could just, I just drove there and he did all these testing, uh, this testing. It's not covered by insurance in America, uh-huh. unfortunately. So it was all out of pocket. But I was like, what do I have to lose now? Okay, I'm going to put money into this testing. And just see what happens. So we did that. It was a little, little difficult convincing my husband because this was kind of really out of the box, considered really experimental and really kind of strange. And, and the doctors I had seen up to that point, when I started to ask them about reproductive immunology, they were like, eh, it's kind of malarkey. It's not real. Just don't even look at it. This is ridiculous. None of them believed it. So I was kind of really taking a risk. But at this point, I'd had three miscarriages, consecutive mis- miscarriages. I was desperate to find an answer. So I saw Dr. Braverman, who is a really nice guy. Like he just, and I'm saying guy because he's a doctor, but he he just wore like plain, like regular clothes. He was just, <laughs> you know, sitting there like leaning back like in his chair. <laughs> yeah, he was so, and he was funny. He was making jokes. He was so, you know, he took it very seriously what I was telling him, but he was also like really nice and just really down to earth and just talked to me like a person and like really listened to me. And it was amazing to talk to him. And he said, let's do the testing. So we did the testing. Then he told me the, the test came back. The results came back that me and my husband had some like genetic matches, which is not the same as let's say like he's my cousin or something that I didn't know about. Not like that. I don't know how to explain it because I'm not a scientist or doctor, mm-hmm. but <laughs> Essentially, we had some kind of genes that were matching. So what happened was when I'd get pregnant, because the baby's genes, there was too much of me and my, like too much of my own genes, let's Mm -hmm. say, the body thought it was a tumor, like that something was growing of Mm -hmm. my own body and it needed to kill that thing. It was protecting me. My body was trying to protect myself from this growing thing that they thought it basically thought was like a tumor, something bad. So- So that's kind of crazy. But what he said was, I can give you some medicine to suppress your immune system and we'll see what happens. Let's try it. So I said, okay, a lot of money. They do things like called intralipids. So it's like you you get an IV infusion. There's some, you could do prednisone. I wound up doing that in a, you know, at some point I I took, um, you know, a steroid, very low dose steroid. There were a couple other medicines mixed in there. And I also had blood clotting disorders. So I found out that my blood was clotting too much, which doesn't allow for blood to go into the uterus. So that was another, yeah, that was another, I had a couple of blood, I do have a couple of blood clotting factors. So that's something that people, doctors often overlook too. So I had that also. So I had to take, also give myself injections, heparin, so to, to make my blood flow better. So I'd have to, uh, you know, to make yeah, so basically, I'd, I was shooting myself in the stomach with shots, having IV infusions. I was taking medicines, taking steroids, like all this stuff. Even just before I got pregnant, just to prepare my body 
my immune system to not go crazy. So yeah. it's a lot, a lot to deal with. So anyway, so this, this injections and uh, the heparin injections, uh-huh. how often did you have to give yourself the injections? Because I know I've, I've had to do that and I had to do it like twice a day. Yeah. Twice a day. Yeah. yeah 40 milligrams twice a day, I think was what it was. So yeah, I was doing that. Get lots of bruising. It's like fun stuff. Right. And <laughs> so, so yeah, I so say I was doing all of that. And I think, oh, oh, you know, I didn't even tell you because I had had the three miscarriages, right? I, I, I really skipped over a huge portion of the history there. After that, I wound up going to a reproductive, what do they call that? Like the RE. So the epidemiologist, what's it called? The, I'm forgetting right now. My brain, brain's gone blank, but the regular fertil- fertility doctors. So I wound up going to a regular fertility clinic. I was there for one year. I did IUI. I did IVF because they said, oh, if we control it, it'll probably be like better. We can see what's going on. Well, guess what? None of that worked. The crazy thing was I was getting pregnant super easy Mm -hmm. before I went to a freaking fertility clinic. I go to the fertility clinic. I did get pregnant. I got pregnant like three or four times over that year, but still it it was taking me longer than normal. To get pregnant. Yeah. And I was taking all the hormone injections. I was like getting shot with um, progesterone because my progesterone was also low. I had that issue as well. Getting shots in the in my butt with progesterone. It it was horrible. A full year of fertility treatments, which, you know, culminated in me having IVF that I didn't get pregnant from IVF. And then a cycle. And then we had spent so much money because my insurance was maxed out and we wound up going $5,000 over the insurance limit. And then it was like, that was a year of that. That's after that is when I went to the reproductive immunologist. I I, I like, didn't even tell you about that. So now I'm just filling you in with that part. But like the crazy thing is one cycle after the IVF failed, and I stopped fertility treatments and I, and I tried nat- we tried naturally to get pregnant. I got pregnant and I lost that one because I hadn't found the reproductive immunologist. So basically we're talking about, I had seven miscarriages. They were all oh. early. I'd only seen the heartbeat once out of all those seven times, but I had seven losses all very early, but still it was horrible. One time I wound up getting what's called a DNC. It's a dilation and yeah. I wound up having it like removed in the hospital just yeah. because it was too long and my, I couldn't take it anymore with waiting to have the baby come out. It was getting mentally too much. Did that once. And you do have to wait a couple of cycles after that because it's a medical procedure. They're like scraping your uterus basically essentially out. But yeah, I had the HSG. It's like they put ink or dye in your veins to see the, the flow to your uterus. I've had like every, literally like I think everything done to me fertility wise. And so after that year after, you know, of the fertility treatments didn't work, then I found Dr. Braverman. He put me on the immune medication. So two cycles go by, I get pregnant and I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Now I'm on the immune meds. I go to his office. I am terrified, like literally terrified. Going to the sonogram, I was convinced that this was not going to be okay. We were, you know, I was with my husband, we go in. So the first scan we did was very early. It was only like five and a half weeks. So he didn't see a heartbeat, but he saw the fetal pole and he saw like, he said, it's looking okay. He's like, I, I think he actually said these words to me. He's like, I, he was like, I guarantee next time you come here, we're going to see a heartbeat. And I'm like, please don't do that to me. Cause you, you know, I, I will die. Like I will die if I, if we don't, I came back next week 
And yes, there was a heartbeat. And I'm like, okay, well, I've seen a heartbeat before and it didn't work out. So I'm still not getting excited because I'm too scared to get excited. And we just kept growing and growing. So, so yeah, that worked, that worked out, that pregnancy worked out and I had a boy. So it was a huge success. After I gave birth, I was a high risk. It was a high risk pregnancy. So I had a cesarean section. I actually wound up in, this is like a whole other story, but I wound up in the hospital after I gave birth, a week after birth, because I had preeclampsia, I had like very high blood pressure. And I had to spend a week in the hospital because of the, the severe hypertension, severe hypertension. And I was was that? Like, what, was uh, that why you were high risk? Well, no, no, just oh. because I was with the blood clotting disorders, I oh, had okay. this immune treatment, this immune system. So I had all of these things working against me. And I was seeing a high risk um, mater- maternal fetal yeah. medicine doctor. So I was seeing not only the reproductive immunologist, but I was also seeing a high risk obstetrical doctor and, and also an MFM, a maternal fetal risk. So I had three doctors that I was seeing that all labeled, you know, because I was high risk. So then I, you know, had a um, scheduled induction. They induced me. It didn't work. So I wound up going for, they had to do a C-section because the baby wasn't coming. So anyway, so I had the C-section. A week later, I had this. Well, you said because I was high risk, you know, the, the risk factors that I have could have, like the blood clotting, things like that could have been why my blood pressure went crazy. It yeah. could have been. Or my immune system. It's, it's people that are high risk with my issues are the ones that could get this hypertension, like more so than let's say other women. So that could be why. So anyway, I had that. I was rushed to the emergency. That, it was, I was like, not the, yeah, I went to the emergency room. I spent the night there. I didn't go by ambulance. My, my husband drove me. Yeah. I had to spend the night there and it was all, it was horrible to, to be honest. It was, it was really horrible. Like they didn't know if I was going to die essentially. Cause I was like really high blood pressure. So I survived. I came out of the hospital. We had our baby. So that was great. And then about a year and a half later, we're like, maybe we should try for another one. Despite all of that, we d- we still wanted one more. <laughs> so pushing your luck. <laughs> so we started trying. We had our recipe that we used for the first one with the immune medications. We contacted Dr. Braverman. I still had leftover medicine. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to you know consult with him and use the medicine. And I was at that point. Oh, so my first baby I had at 42. So now I'm almost 44, around 44. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay, I'm getting a little old. So, so six cycles go by and I don't have a baby. I'm trying, 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 not, I'm not getting pregnant. You know, I'm sure it's because of my age. Right. So your age and your age was a contributing factor to the, another IV factor, another contributing factor. And then the exactly. problems and all, all of that. I've got it all. I've got it all going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so six cycles go by and my husband and I, because we're on these immune medicines and, you know, they're not, they weren't necessarily bad for me, but they weren't necessarily good for me either. So we were like, let's make it seven cycles and we're done. We are done. Like if, if I don't get pregnant on the seventh cycle, we're stopping everything. We're just happy with our one baby and that's it. Seven cycle comes now, six cycles have gone. I haven't gotten pregnant. Seven cycle comes and I, I get a positive pregnancy test. So I'm like, oh my God, like, let's see what happens. And yeah, I, I used the immune medicine and we had another baby and this was a girl. So we had a boy and then we had a girl oh. and gave birth. She was healthy. Everything was great. 
a week later. So I'm waiting for my blood pressure. I'm like, I had a at home blood pressure monitor checking every day and my blood pressure started to go up and they're like, eh, it's getting a little too high, <laughs> but I had the medicine with me. You know, I, I was prepared luckily. So I was taking my blood pressure medicine. Still, it was creeping up and up. My doctor's like, you might need to go to the hospital. I'm like, no, please God, no. So I just kept taking the medicine and they increase the dosage, increase the dosage. And I was able to stay home, but it was getting, it was getting up there and they were a little like, eh, you, might, you really might need to go to the hospital. And I was really fighting it because that was awful. But yeah, I managed to stay out of the hospital. So now we have the two children and yeah, everything worked out. And, and that's my story. Oh, so I know. Crazy I, story. I know. It's kind of crazy, but I think you, you did well. You, you took all the actions that you were supposed to. So you succeeded in having two children, even though it was tough and it wasn't nice. <laughs> it's a success story. Yeah, and guess what? My daughter, I should have started to interrupt you, but I should have mentioned my daughter was born 20 minutes before my birthday, my 40, my 44th birthday. So we were like birthday sisters. Well, she's my daughter, but we're like, we celebrate our birthdays together. But it was like right before my birthday, she came out. Um, Yeah, so that was pretty amazing. Oh, that's so amazing. So you go on any birthday present then. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that story. What advice would you give anyone going through all these situations that you've experienced? First, the abuse and the miscarriages and then the IVF journeys. Yes. Well, I mean, IVF is an amazing technology. It's amazing medicine that, that has given many women and families babies. So I would say... That's definitely the path for a lot of women. I think if you have the path, there's the infertility where you're not getting pregnant, which could be immune related. I'm not a doctor. I want to give that disclaimer right now, but I'll just say from what I know, some women have problems getting pregnant because of their immune system. So that is something that I would recommend women look into. But definitely if you're having repeat miscarriages, I would say it's worth it to explore reproductive immunology because that is more often, it could be the case that it's something with the immune system that is fighting back. So I highly recommend women to, to look into that. I think that it's something that a lot of medical practitioners are not giving credence to. They're not acknowledging it. They're kind of thinking it's not really worth it. But I've seen so much success. I've seen so many women that have gone to reproductive immunologists. There's a Facebook page for that. There's lots of information there. There's lots of, you know, you go to Dr. Braverman reproductive immunology website. He's got a lot of great information. There's, um, I know there's Dr. Quack Kim. I've heard of her. She's, um, I don't, I think she's in Chicago. So there's, there are, there are a few doctors in America that I know of. I know there are a few in other countries. So I, I definitely think it's worth it. You know, it's hard because sometimes it's a lot of money to spend, you know, this medicine and these testing and treatment can be expensive. So it is financially difficult and prohibitive for some women. But I would say if you've suffered so much loss and so many, you know, you've tried a lot and you've had a lot of loss or a lot of problems, I think it's worth it to look into it. It's not a guaranteed success, but I've seen it a lot, a lot of women saying that it did work for them. So that's, that's what I would say. Well, thank you for that. Well, I, I just wonder, you know, when you went through your miscarriages, 
Were you offered any emotional support or counseling for that period? No, I was never offered emotional oh, support at all. I mean, I would say, you know, my family members would be like trying to console me. I'd say it's such a deeply painful thing yeah. because it's it's painful on many levels. It's not just physical. Of course, it's mental. It's you're grieving the loss of a your baby if you've, you know, and that's what it is. So people don't realize how deeply painful it can be. It's not just physical pain. It's of course, it's, you know, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, it's, it's hard. And you get so wrapped up in this little baby, you know, women generally tend to start thinking like their brains start to plan and think about, oh, the baby's name that, so you've already like attributed a lot to this little thing growing inside of you. You already become attached to it very quickly. So it's, it's makes it that much harder because we tend to get very wrapped up mentally and emotionally in this little, this growing, this life inside of you. You're connected to that baby. Even if it's a one week pregnancy, it's still something that you, that is growing inside of you. It's a seed. It's a part of you that you are bonding with, that you're supposed to be feeding. And then sometimes if you, you start to feel, oh, am I doing something wrong? Am I, am I just not able to make a baby? You know, it gets yeah. to the point that you think, oh, what's wrong with me? Exactly. Exactly. I felt horrible. And I actually felt like, you know, like you almost feel like you're not a woman or you're not like, there's something wrong with you. And it's a horrible feeling. And I actually started feeling like, because I was telling people I was pregnant, like in the first couple of pregnancies, I was sharing that, unfortunately. And then I'd have to tell them because they, they might be like, oh, it's gone again. Yeah. Are you? how many months are you now? And I'm like, yeah, no, that didn't work out. And then I'd see their faces, you know, fall. And they, they were sad, like they were getting excited. And I felt like I was disappointing. I was disappointing my husband. I was disappointing my mom, disappointing my friends. I started to feel like I was just like, just the bearer of bad news and just a horrible person. And somehow that's how you feel which is also an added problem. I'm sorry you felt that way. This yeah, is something, thanks. this is why I feel people should talk more about this because sometimes I agree. even people, when you tell them that you've had a miscarriage, they don't know how to react to that. It's true. You're they right. just don't it's kind know of what to do. They don't want, they don't know what to say to you. They don't know just how to respond. I would have preferred somebody say, oh, I'm so sorry about that than just keeping quiet and then looking at you strangely like, okay, she can't have a baby. She's that woman that can't have a baby. She's that woman that can't have these and right. that. You know, that's the way that, that's what I feel people should change. And yeah. one, one more thing I wanted to know is when you were having your IVF treatments, did you consider using donor solutions like, Having somebody else donate their sperm. Oh no, no, because there was no nothing wrong with my eggs. There was nothing wrong with his sperm. So I, I didn't feel like I needed to think about. But uh, because of, it, I'm asking this because of the gene. Right, right. No, I right, know, but know. I still, yeah. But we didn't know that then. That's the thing. Oh right. Because oh, like, that's yeah, true. because that was just the let's say the regular. Oh, endocrinologist, reproductive endocrinologist. I remembered the word now. Yeah. Just a regular RE, regular fertility doctor. They didn't think anything about that at all. So no, that was not at all even on our minds. And you did not consider surrogacy, letting somebody else carry your pregnancy? I would imagine, like, I don't remember thinking about it. I, it probably crossed my mind because literally everything crossed my mind. I was thinking about all the 
alternatives. You just wanted to have your own baby growing inside of you. I guess so. I still had hope. I don't know why. I, I don't, it's strange because, you know, when I think about what I went through and how many losses and what, what, what kind of, how many treatments I went through, strangely, I was devastated often, but I also still had this feeling like I would have, I, I just had a feeling like it will work. I just have to get to the right answer or the right doctor. Thank you. You're so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, you for you know, yeah. talking to me and letting me share my story. I appreciate it. All right. Do you know the, the Facebook group? Oh, yeah. So it's, um, it's basically reproductive immunology. Uh, I think, let me see, because I can look at it right now to see the exact um, the name of it. Yeah, it's called Reproductive Immunology Support. Reproductive Immunology Support. So that's the name of the group. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm in the group. Um, I think it's a, I think it's pretty decent. I mean, it used to be very active. I don't, I haven't been that active in it myself recently, but you can find a lot. They have files there too. So you can, if you go in the group, you'll see a lot of files, um, a lot of information. And I do recommend reading Is Your Body Baby Friendly? That's by Dr. Alan Beer. That's a book that does explain these things. You know, the kind of the most, he was like kind of like the founding father, let's say, of reproductive immunology. So I think it's worth it to look at that book as well. Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll have a part two to this uh, story. I appreciate you being open about these. My pleasure. I do hope that some women will feel like they're not alone and that they, you know, yeah, like you said, it's hard because you always feel like it's kind of uh, almost taboo to talk about. A big thank you to all our listeners who have been sending us messages through the message link. I would like to thank everyone who has listened in so far and contributed to this podcast. Thank you so much. We couldn't have done anything without you. Keep listening. Keep sharing, keep downloading and keep liking. Thank you again.